feeling that perhaps you should be further along in life than you are. Maybe you've hit that milestone birthday or you hit that big anniversary and you look at your life and you uh, feel a little bit sad. You think, maybe I should be further along than I am now. I thought by now that I'd have that dream job. I thought by now that I'd be married. I thought we had kids by now. I thought that our finances would look different than they look right now. I'm not as far along in life as I should be. Have you ever felt that way before? It's, it's not a great feeling, but if you've ever felt that way, I want to congratulate you. I wanna congratulate you on being human because any honest person will tell you that they've experienced those feelings before. I also want to encourage you because today we're going to begin looking at a section of scripture that was written to a group of people who felt exactly like that. They felt like life should have turned out different than it has looked. They feel discouraged. They feel unsure. They feel uncertain. And yet in the midst of the, those feelings, God sends a man named Haggai who begins to speak to them and encourage them and gets them going on the right direction again. And I believe that when we find ourselves feeling like that, and the truth is, is that many of us might feel like that right now. We might feel like life is off track. We might feel like we should be further along than we are. But when we find ourselves in those moments, God encourages us and gets us back on the right track. And over the next three weeks, we're going to look at this little tiny book that we find in the Old Testament called Haggai. It's about a prophet, about a man named Haggai. And we find this book in the Old Testament right between uh, Zephaniah and Zechariah. <laughs> Don't you love Old Testament names? Uh, just as a word of encouragement, if you're ever trying to pronounce an Old Testament name, uh, just do it with confidence. I hear people say pronounce names all kinds of different ways, and maybe there's right ways, maybe there's wrong ways, but if you're confused and you're not sure uh, how to pronounce a certain name, just go with it, say it with confidence, and, uh, and that's, that's just a piece of advice. But anyway, thank God for, for uh, the Bible app, right? We can go and we can search this book by name instead of trying to have to flip through and find it, but it's there in the Old Testament. It's part of what we call the Minor Prophets. Now, the minor prophets are less important than the major prophets in the Old Testament. They're books that are just smaller. Uh, but there's some incredible wisdom in these books, and there's some incredible wisdom in the book of Haggai. And we're going to be looking at that today and over the next two weeks as well. Um, but the, this book is written to people who are feeling that discouragement. They're feeling like life should have turned out different than it is. And that's because this book is being written at a really pivotal time in history. You see, when King Solomon was king, Solomon was the son of David, uh, King David, and when Solomon was king, he built this huge, magnificent temple for people to worship God in. It was big and beautiful, and it was, it was ornately decorated, and people came from all over the place just to see this temple. It was an incredible accomplishment. And the people, when, when it was completed, the people of God began to worship God in it, and it was wonderful, but not too long after it was completed, they began to get distracted. Solomon himself began to get distracted. They got distracted by other things. In fact, they began to worship other gods. They began to worship idols. And uh, they were distracted by these idols, and they were divided between worshiping God and also worshiping these idols. These idols became uh, a focus of their worship instead of worshiping the true God of heaven. And during this time, uh, in, in 587 B.C., King Nebuchadnezzar led an army from Babylon that came and attacked the southern kingdom of Judah, and it destroyed that temple. 
That beautiful, wonderful temple was destroyed. The stones were overturned and the entire kingdom was conquered. And not only that, uh, but all of the Jewish people were rounded up and, and many of them taken to captivity in Babylon, where they stayed for 50 to 70 years uh, in, in captivity there. But in 538 BC, about 50,000 of these people were allowed to travel back to Jerusalem, to the capital city of Judah, and they were allowed to begin to rebuild. They were given the opportunity to begin to rebuild their lives and to rebuild this temple so they could worship God once again. And they started rebuilding. They started laying the foundation. They started building the altar again. But then some opposition came. The Sumerians, who also lived in that area, began to oppose them rebuilding this temple and rebuilding the city. And, uh, and so it became difficult. And so they stopped. And when Haggai comes and begins to speak and begins to deliver the word of God to these people, it's been 14 years. The, pro- the project has been on hold. There's been no progress made. No prayers are being offered. No efforts being made. They're hanging out in their own houses, taking care of their own houses, uh, but they're doing nothing to rebuild this temple. They've been here almost a decade and a half, and they have not done the thing that they returned there to do. And so in the midst of this, right, in the midst of this season, God raises up this man named Haggai, and he calls the people back to the task at hand. And we see in Haggai uh, chapter 1, verse 2, uh, this is, it says, this is what the Lord Almighty says. He says, these people say, the time has not come to rebuild the Lord's house, right? They say the time has not come to rebuild the Lord's house. I love the words there. It says these people, right? The other day I was, I walked in the front door from being out running some errands and my wife Nikki came up to me and she said, you'll never guess what your daughter did. <laughs> now, my daughter is her daughter as well, right? But in this moment, it was my daughter, right? It was, it was bad news. Something bad had taken place. And that's what's happening here. God doesn't call these people his people. He calls them these people, right? He's, he's, not, he's not happy with them in this moment. He says, these people say that the time hasn't come to build the Lord's house, right? These people, they think that the time has not come to rebuild the Lord's house because they have faced some opposition. It was difficult. And because it was difficult, they assumed that it must not be from God. Right, they set out and they started doing it and things were going well at first, but then they ran into some opposition. It became difficult. It became hard. And, and so they just, they, they, they gave up and they determined that, well, because it's hard, it must not be from God. I just want to encourage you today that when you do what God has called you to do, you will definitely face opposition. In fact, the closer you get to doing what God wants, often the more opposition you will face. Opposition is, is something that is part of the territory. Jesus, when he describes the, the way of heaven, right, he says the way to heaven is narrow. The, 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 the pathway, the highway to hell is wide, right? There's lots, of, there's lots of open lanes. There's lots of freedom, right? It's not a difficult way. But the way, the way of heaven, when we grow closer to God, right, it, it, we face some opposition. It sometimes is difficult. This is part of the reality, but so often, if we're not careful, we can assume that because it's difficult, it must not be from God. I want to encourage you today, don't worry when you face opposition. You should face opposition when you're doing what God's called you to do. 
The things that God calls us to do are often difficult. They're often hard. And he tells us, you're not going to go through it alone. I will be there with you. But they are often difficult. They're often hard. In fact, I want to encourage us today that we should actually be more concerned when we don't face opposition. When life is just easy, right? When nobody has a problem with anything that we're doing, right? Often that means that we're on a wrong track. Uh, you know you're doing something good when you're facing some challenges. And so Haggai tells these people, he encourages these, these people of something important. He encourages them to choose the hard right over the easy wrong. I want to encourage us today to do the same. We need to choose the hard right over the easy wrong. You see, so often in life, it's, it's, it, it's tempting for us to embrace the easy wrong, right? It's, it's so easy to do the wrong thing. And it's often so difficult to do the right thing, right? It's easy to keep the sin secret, but it's hard and right for us to confess and ask for help. It's easy to keep charging and to buying the things that we want, but it's hard for us to deny ourselves and to set a budget and to live within boundaries. It's easy to hold a grudge. It's really hard to forgive somebody like Christ forgave us. It's easy to follow the crowd. It's easy to just do what everybody else is doing, to live the way everybody else is living, but it is hard and right to be different, to be who God created you to be and to stand out from the crowd and to not conform. That's difficult. That's hard, but that is right. You know, it's easy to get discouraged when people are against you. It's easy to quit. It's easy to give up, but it's hard and right to trust God even during the difficult times. It's hard and right to keep on going even when the going is tough. You know, throughout your life, you will face opposition. You will fight, fight, face difficult times. That's part of living and that's part of following God. But I'm praying and I'm hoping that God will stir something in you, that he will encourage you uh, as we walk through this series of messages and will remind you that, that, that although it feels like the time is not right, although it might feel like things are difficult. Maybe there is opposition. Maybe it is hard right now. I want to encourage you that the time is now. That's what Haggai told these people. He said, guys, the time is now. The time is now because here's the thing. It's always the right time to do the right thing. It's always the right time to do the right thing, right? It's so easy for us to say, you know what? It's not the right time. It's not the right season. It's not, the environment's not right. We will do it later. But I wanna encourage you, it's always the right time to do the right thing. It's always the right time to put God first in our lives. It's always the right time to forgive and to move past bitterness and, and, and grudges that we hold. It's always the right time to, to reach out to somebody and to show them the love of Christ. It's always the right time to do the right thing. And that's exactly what Haggai encourages these people. In Haggai 1, 3, we see he continues. It says, then the word of the Lord came through the prophet Haggai. He says, is it, is, uh, is it a time for you yourselves to be living in paneled houses while this house remains in ruin? Now, this is what the Lord Almighty says. Give careful thought to your ways. Right. So the people, they, they had been they had been living their own houses. There wasn't so there wasn't opposition to them building their houses. There was just opposition to them building God's house. And so these people had built their houses and they built really nice houses. And God asked the question, he says, is it right for you to be living in nice houses while God's house lies in ruins? 
right? And then he, he gives this wonderful advice. He says, give careful thought to your ways. You see, people are living in paneled houses. They're living good. They're living high end. They're living nice. But God's house is in ruins. I just want to encourage you that God is not against you having nice things. God is not against you doing well. God is not against you having some good things in life. But God has an issue when we put those nice things ahead of him. Right. When we put those things ahead of God. And that's what these people had done. They had put rebuilding their houses and building up uh, nice things for themselves ahead of building God's house. Right. And he encourages them in this moment. He says, give careful thought to your ways. I want to ask you today, in what areas of your life are you not putting God first? In what areas of your life are you choosing comfort over calling? In what areas of your life are you choosing your house over his house? You see, it's so easy for us to choose having more and doing more to get consumed with ourselves rather than with others. We can get consumed with making a name for ourselves rather than making a difference in the world around us. We can forget our calling and instead we choose comfort. We can live in comfort forgetting that God has called us to make a difference in the world around us. In what areas of your life are you choosing your house and your way over God's house and God's way? God encourages them. He would encourage us. Give careful thought to our ways, right? I, I remember a few years ago, something simple in my life. I, I know that it's important for me to begin my day uh, by spending some time with God, uh, reading his word and praying. It's an important way for me to start my day. But a few years ago, I, I, was, I was a pastor. I was working at a church and life got busy. My job was busy. And, uh, and I started to neglect that. I, I, I just kind of stopped doing that. I was kind of running on fumes, so to speak, and I wasn't spending time in the morning and wasn't really making it a priority in my life to, to, to make sure I was connecting with God on a personal level. And so I, I, I kind of stopped doing it. And I was just working and working and working. And you know what I began to realize is that as I was doing it, the work that I was doing was destroying the work within me. I was becoming hollow. I was becoming empty. I was, right, I was, I was doing stuff I was doing stuff that maybe even seemed good, but I wasn't putting God first in my life. See, all of us can fall into that trap in all kinds of different areas of our life, right? And it can lead to so much frustration. And that's why God says, be, be careful, give careful thought to your ways. And then he begins to describe the situation. What happens when we live that way? What happens when we don't put God first in our lives? Well, he talks about it. It's, it's total frustration. In verse six, he says, you've planted much, but you've harvested little. You eat, but you never have enough. You drink and you never have your fill. You put on clothes, but you're not warm. You earn wages, but you only put them into a purse with holes in it. What is God describing here? He's describing frustration. Have you ever felt like that in life? You do so much work, but you don't feel like you're harvesting anything. You get things and you consume them, but you're not satisfied, right? We can work our tail off and not be satisfied. We can earn money, but we seem to never have any of it left. We can acquire more. We can accomplish more. And yet we still feel empty inside, right? We can go through life this way, right? We can, we can find ourselves in frustrating situations like that. We can, we can do all this stuff and yet feel so empty. 
But thankfully, God, after diagnosing the problem, God doesn't stop there. He keeps going. And in verse seven, this is what Haggai says, speaking for God. He says, this is what the Lord Almighty says. Give careful thought to your ways. Go up to the mountain and bring down the temple and build my house so that you may take pleasure in it and be honored, says the Lord. Right, so what does God tell him to do? Well, God's encouraging him what we just talked about. He's encouraging him to do the hard right instead of the easy wrong. But, but he, he, gives him, he gives him some steps here, right? He, he, he encourages him to do three different things. He says, go up to the mountain, right? It's easier to not go up to the mountain. It's easier to stay home in my warm house. But he says, no, go up to the mountain. Then he says, bring down the timber, right? It's easier not to bring down the no, but bring down the timber. And then thirdly, build my house, right? He gives him these steps. How do you follow God's will? I know people sometimes ask. It can be difficult. It can be hard. God, how do I follow your will? We follow God's will step by step. We, we follow God's will by, by obedient decision after obedient decision. We follow God's will by trusting him and taking that next step, even when we might not see the step after that. We follow God's will by choosing the hard right over the easy wrong. Right? How do we get our finances in order? Well, first I get help. I live on a budget. I climb out of debt. How do I take care of my body? Well, I eat right. I exercise, honor God. How do I, how do I revive my marriage when it's in a difficult spot? Well, I need to humble myself. I need to repent of the sins uh, that, that have taken place. And I need to maybe start to do what I did when we were first dating or when we were first married, right? We follow God step by step. You know, the way to get started, the way to get started in following God in, in, in allowing his will to be done in our life is for us to is for us to quit talking and for us to start doing. You see, these people, they had come and they had great and wonderful plans. They felt like life should be further along. They were talking about rebuilding this temple, but they had gotten off track. They had gotten distracted. They had gotten discouraged. And Haggai is reminding them that it's always the right time to do the right thing and that they need to choose the right hard over the easy wrong. They need to choose the hard right over the easy wrong and they need to move forward. It's always the right time to put God first in your life. In what areas of your life are you finding that difficult right now? In what areas of your life are you finding it difficult to put God first? I love what Psalm 119, 105 says. It says that your word, talking about God, God, your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. What a great reminder. God's goal and God's plan is for him to illuminate our lives, right? He's calling us to that narrow way, not to the broad way that leads to hell and to destruction, but the narrow way that leads to heaven. One that's difficult, but he promises that he'll be the light to our feet and the lamp to our path. Here's the thing that I run into and that you might run into too, is that so often I want God not to be a lamp and a light, but I want him to be uh, like, a, like a, a huge bright spotlight that illuminates the path miles ahead, right? We don't want to know what the next step is. We want to know what the next 25 steps are. So often God doesn't do that, but he does encourage us to do the next right thing, to take the next right step, to, to move forward and to put him first, to choose the, the hard right over the easy wrong. And I want to encourage you today, now is the time, right? It's so easy for us to say, it's not the time, it's not the season. Now is the time.
Consider your ways. Consider the way that you're living. How is it working out for you? Are, are, you, are you reaping the benefits? Are you, are you planting and then reaping? Or are you living in that frustration that God was describing there, that Haggai was describing, where we plant and yet we don't reap and we eat and we're not satisfied? Are we living in that frustration? If we are, I want to encourage us to choose the hard right over the easy wrong. It's always the right time to do the right thing. Let's pray. Father God, thank you uh, for this word that comes through Haggai and this word that you would speak to us today. Lord, we confess that many of us, Lord, we feel like life hasn't gone the way that we expected it to go. Lord, we thought we'd be further along. We thought things would look different. And yet, Lord, uh, you are here with us. Lord, I pray that you would help us to do what you encourage those people. Lord, that we would give careful consideration to our ways. Lord, in what ways have I not put you first in my life? And in whatever ways we haven't put you first, I pray that we would have the courage and the confidence to choose the hard right over the easy wrong. Lord, that we would put you first, that we would honor you, and that we would allow you to lead us and to guide us as we take that next step forward Lord, thank you that that's your desire and that you'll do that as we have confidence and hope in you. We pray these things in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Well, you know, it is always the right time to do the right thing. I just want to speak today to maybe to some of you. Maybe you have been considering following Jesus or maybe you've been, maybe if you're honest, maybe you've been running from God. You know that he's been pursuing you, but you haven't committed your life to him. Today is the day. Now is the time. If, if that's you today and, and you're feeling that tug on your heart, you know that God is pursuing you. You know that you've been running from him or you've been putting him off. I want to encourage you, today is the day to begin following Jesus. It's not difficult. It's not hard. It can begin with a prayer and then it begins with taking those next steps. Uh, if that's you today, I would love to celebrate with you. You know, right now you can pray a simple prayer and you can say, God, thank you for giving your life for me. I thank you that you adopt me into your family. Lord, I give you my life. Pray that you would be my Lord and my Savior. Help lead me through life. You can pray that prayer today. And if you do that, you can begin to follow Jesus. If you make a decision like that today, we would love to celebrate with you. Would you text the word faith? to the number on the screen below. Text the word FAITH to 919-926-9540. We'd love to celebrate with you and to send you uh, some, uh, some things that will help you as you take your next steps in your faith. Also today, uh, I know there are many of us that one of the ways that we put God first is that we put him first in our finances. Right? God uh, wants us to put his house first and when we bless his house, he in turn blesses our house. And I'm so thankful that there are some people who do that. You take the first portion of what God's given you and you invest it into his kingdom. You know, and that's what makes what we do possible. I'm so grateful for that. If you're worshiping God today with your giving, you can do that uh, by clicking the link on our website. Or you can do that by texting the word GIVE to 919-926-9540. Uh, thank you for worshiping God and trusting him uh, with your resources. And now as we go our separate ways, I want to pray that God would bless you, that he would keep you, that he would cause his face to shine upon you, that he would be with you in your going, 
and that he would keep you until we meet again. Have a fantastic week. God bless you.